Hello everybody, welcome back to another episode of Multipurpose with Lakshmi. I'm just grateful to each one of you for giving so much love to all the episodes before. And uh, yes, I'm back with Roshan today. So yes, thank you very much for being here, Roshan. It's a pleasure to have you. Pleasure to have you. Thank you so much for having me, and I really appreciate this opportunity. Thank you. Thank you again. So yes, before starting, um, that would be great if you can just tell about yourself and what you do. Okay, so I am Roshan Ashad and I'm 21 years old and I was born in Delhi, India and then I was adopted to an Australian family. So I have now lived in Melbourne, Australia for about 15, 16 years now. And yeah, so I literally have grown up here, went to school here um, and I think it's it's been a good uh, life here as well. Like I've had many opportunities and obviously a lot of privileges living here. Otherwise, I wouldn't have had in India. So I'm very lucky. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And then what kind of, um, yes, yes. Wonderful. Wonderful. And uh, how, like, how has, how has your life been different? Like what are the things and changes you see and what are kind of problems and all the kind of situations that are also arises in your life? With living in Australia, like there, then with downs and, and being an immigrant, you know, from India, coming to Australia and living here with all the struggles, obviously, that, you know, I've faced along the way, but I'm very happy and lucky that I've lived here and I have the opportunities that I've had. Um, when I went to school, I mean, it was hard for me to, you know, grasp, you know, fitting in and like being obviously I was different I as well so I got bullied for being brown I got bullied for being Indian and but I never allowed that to stop me from being who I was and I never allowed that to hinder my passion or my love for the country which I was born in in fact it made me feel more passionate and more love for who I am and where I come from and I think in terms of bullying, like there, there is a lot of, you know, discrimination anywhere, nowhere where you go. Um, but my experience in Australia, there has been a lot of ignorant people that I've come across. But in terms of just everyday life, people are lovely. And like my friends that I've made here are really, really wonderful. I've been able to build strong connections with the South Asian community in Melbourne. So I'm really grateful for all those friends that I've got. Um, and yeah, so it, I, it, living here has given me, I, I would say a second chance at life because I wouldn't have had those opportunities if I was still in India, poor slum child. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And uh, your, your uh, as you said, bullying was there and all those things. Um, but to like, how did you, how did you accept yourself as you know accept your uh, gender identity how was that sexual you know, sexuality how did you accept that and how was the response of your family and friends and you know people who are very close to you how was all those things happening yeah so having my having the you know experience of like coming out and everything and was pretty easy for me like i never had to worry about like if my family would accept me or not i think for me it was pretty easy and I was, i'm privileged about that like when i came out to my mom i just said oh like i'm gay and then she's like oh my god i already knew because i was always very unapologetic and expressive about my sexuality and, and how i showed up you know who i was really like i would wear makeup really young and 
you know, I, I was very boisterous, I was very outgoing and quite effeminate. And like, even when I was really, really young, I would prefer Barbie dolls over, you know, toy trucks and all of that sort of stuff. So along the way, as a child developing and growing up, my family always could see there was something different with me. And so when I did come out, my family was just like, we already know and we accept it. And so I'm so lucky that for that instance, that I've had that opportunity to be brought up in a family that accepted me for the way that I am in terms of my sexuality. And so, yeah, which I understand a lot of brown kids don't have. So I really, res I really respect my, my family for that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And, um, you know, when coming, coming to the LGBTQ community, everywhere in the world, people are struggling, you know, with the community struggling and to make their, uh, you know, to people to accept them in the society. So you being an individual, uh, being already with you know being an Indian having a brown skin, then fighting already uh, for racism and then fighting for your sexual identity. How has been these two things for you? Um, yeah, like definitely like being in Australia, like I was definitely a target for almost everything under the sun. I think you know because I'm brown, I'm short, I'm petite, I'm feminine, I'm gay. Um, you know, I'm, you know. I'm just all those things that's, you know, ignorant people can't stand, you know? So I think like I was a target for a lot of those things and I just never let it stop, you know, it got to me and it upset me and I, and I definitely experienced, you know, depression and anxieties from all the bullying that I would get, but I never, you know, I allowed that to affect me, but then I tried to move up past it as quick as possible and not forgetting that, what I've been through, but also being able to move on. And obviously I want to let young people know that it's like, if you're struggling with something, especially when it comes to your sexuality or understanding your, your origins of, of where you come from or the, you know, your nationality or whatever, you, you have to know that you're not alone and that you can talk to people. There is no shame in talking to people that you can trust, go to a teacher you trust, go to a parent that you trust or a family member or best friend there's no shame in that. And we have to be able to, especially in the South Asian community, there is this stigma of just talking. Like there's nothing wrong with talking and being open about your feelings and there's strength in that. And the more we talk about it, the less judgment and, and stigma there is around mental health as well. Like we just have to be able to talk about what affects us and what hurts us. And if we're wanting to empower people in our community, we have to make it okay that if we're struggling, to you know, lean on someone or allow them to lean on us when somebody's reaching out. So for me, I think everyone, everyone that I've met has been a guidance in some way of helping me cope with my, you know, my sexuality or you know, coming to terms with accepting where I come from and you know, just overcoming my hurdles of self insecurities. I mean, we all go through it. So don't ever feel like you're alone and talk to people as much as you can that you trust and don't feel ashamed that you're ever bothering anyone because real friends will be there for you and family and uh, who really care about you. And I think for me, it's, I use this word a lot, but when you love someone unconditionally, it, that's, that's it. Unconditionally means it's endless. You don't stop loving someone unconditionally when they come out that they're gay or they come out that they love someone that's from a different caste or come out and say they love someone from a different religion or whatever it's, then you love them regardless of what you think may be a flaw, you know, and that's, and that's so important to teach our older generations and our brown parents and parents in general that you have lived your life and you've made the choices that you've made. Now let me make those choices. And if they make me happy, you should be happy for me. So we have to make sure that our parents are aware of that. 
it's not your life anymore. It's, it's our life. And you have to sometimes take your own choices into your own hands and let that be known and don't feel ashamed of it. If you're not hurting anybody, you shouldn't feel ashamed and feel guilty for that. Okay. Okay. Yes. Yes. And, um, what, like, how does, um, you know, um, like how, how what, were, what were your problems, uh, uh, kind of how, what kind of things did you go through when you accepted yourself, your family was okay, uh, but there were some friends who were not fine. Who they were, did you have some friends who were not happy with that? Or there were, did you have some kind of problems? Like what, what kind of things were going on when you accepted yourself? Like not accepted your sexuality? Yeah. Um, I think definitely like when you're younger, for me, it was, uh, I thought that I had friends that fully accepted me and, and understood who I was, but I realized, and I don't want to put anyone down, but it really was a lot of my white friends who didn't really understand my background and didn't understand where I came from. And you know, I felt like I couldn't express my culture as much as I, I, I can now having a close knit group of brown friends and the people that I have who are now, who are friends of mine who are white, who are obviously more educated, more rounded and friends from all different backgrounds. I think for me in high school and primary school and, you know, and through that transitional period of, you know, leaving high school, I, I had trouble like being able to express my cultural identity. And I found that that was such a, problem and I felt like I had to hold myself back because the people that I was mixing around with I constantly had to feel like I was had to change myself or sort of suppress my expression and I and I don't have to do that anymore so I feel like if you have to feel like you know shrink your personality down or shrink yourself down to suit the people around you those are not your real friends you have to be around people that value you but at the same time you have to value your friends the same way so you know, we shouldn't have to dim our light to suit somebody else's and so they can see their own pathway. We have to shine everyone's light so we can better see, you know, the, the, the road that we're all going on, if that makes sense. And so, yeah, I did struggle with having friendships with people that I thought that didn't fully understand me. And so I actually chose to leave those friendships because they weren't very healthy. Okay, okay. And uh, this time, you, know, you said you were a makeup artist and photographer, yeah. And uh, so how, like, what was, um, how did you get interested into being a makeup artist and a photographer? I got interested in makeup and, uh, well, particularly makeup because I have done 14 years of professionally trained dancing. So I did uh, tap dancing when I was four and then I did Mohaniyatam and I did uh, jazz contemporary uh, like the smallest little bit of ballet and then I did a lot of Broadway singing arts so I, I loved it all and it was so much fun because being on stage was my passion at that time you know being on stage being a different character singing and being extra was my thing and it still is my thing and I through all that arts I found a love for makeup because obviously when I did Mohenyatam, I had to apply kajal and like the dramatic makeup and I just fell in love with that whole process. And so when I was in high school, I, I actually got a scholarship into a, into a tape course that provided makeup courses and they obviously loved what I had shown. And so they're like, well, we'd love to have you on board. So that was really amazing. And I thank the careers teacher at my school at that time who helped me get that scholarship. So I was really, really happy about that. And so I got into that industry and I 
loved it. And so after that, I went into photography because I have loved photography as long as I've loved dance. And so I wanted to be trained in it and know more about it. So yeah, I'm just a very creative person. Okay, okay. And uh, this thing is um, like when people see you having a beard, having long hairs, uh, what's their reaction, you know, you telling them um, I'm gay and like how, how they do the, they react and even if you don't tell them that I'm a gay or whatever, uh, like I think they, the people would understand by you seeing beard and having long hair, wearing, you know, for sure they would understand that. But how, how's that reaction and how if they, some, somebody tells and make fun of you, how would you react to them? Um, yeah, so definitely like I look very different to most people um, in terms of just how I carry myself and how I present myself. Um, I think for me, it's just like if people come up to me and they're gen generally interested in how I express myself and they're like, oh my God, I love your hair, I love your, you know, your makeup, whatever. I think that's really fantastic. Um, but at the same time, there are, I mean, I have to sometimes, we all have to realize that you know, we're not the best. And I have to also explain to myself that it's like, you're not going to be liked by everybody. And so when people do come at me and they do judge me or they do say something ridiculous, like, are you a boy? Are you a girl? Or why do you choose to do this or whatever? And it's like, I sort of do response very quickly. And I do say like, well, you're ignorant. Um, but at the same time, I have to realize that for a lot of people, you know, they've probably never met somebody that looks like me. So you do have to take the time sometimes to maybe educate them and be like, well, everyone's different. You know, how you choose to express yourself is your choice and how I choose to express myself is my choice. And with my long hair and my beard, it's just, I think it's just a way for me to sort of understand my, I guess, masculine side and my feminine side. I sort of just have a conflict with it. So I have a beard because, you know, the, it's sort of my safety blanket, I guess. I just I love having a beard and I feel like that that just makes me feel confident. But then at the same time, having long hair is like this feminine, beautiful, like super exotic, whatever, centric side of myself, which I also appreciate as well. So I think it's just a way for me to understand what I feel on the inside and I just project it on the outside. So we do, we do, I do get judged um, and I do get looks. And I do get annoyed sometimes, depending on like how people are looking or, or you know, approaching me. But you do, ha I do have to remember that it's like, like it's not, it may not be like a hateful stare. Like sometimes in this generation, we tend to just think everybody hates us if they don't praise us. And that's just not true. Like some people are just curious. And so I have to, I'm constantly training myself into thinking and making sure that my ego isn't out there. And I don't think that everyone has to like me. It's, maybe they're just curious so yeah and and how how does it affect your mental health um sorry how does it affect what how does it affect your mental health be you know people telling you things out that that affects your mental health and how are you mentally disturbed and what things goes on in your mind when things like come up like this yeah well, I, yeah, like I'm, I'm human. So like, I just, I do get upset. I do, I do um, get hurt and everything. And it does affect me. Sometimes it all, I let, sometimes I allow it to ruin my day and I, and I shouldn't. And so I am, even though I'm a very extroverted and outgoing person, I am quite sensitive. And so I think that's what a lot of people don't understand about extroverted people. Like we do seem very extroverted and like nothing ever hurts us, but in, deep inside we are quite sensitive and we don't truly show that side of ourselves all the time so when people do say something 
it hurts and I have to just remind myself like it's just in the moment like don't let it ruin my day and I have suffered depression and I have suffered anxiety so I a lot of that stuff is terrible. And like, I've spoken to professionals about it. I've spoken to people that I love and trust and who I know that will give me the best advice. And this is, again, going back to having an open line of communication with the people you care about that really respect and understand you, that there's nothing wrong with talking about how you're going mentally. You have to sometimes do a mental evaluation, sometimes either on yourself or just have someone to talk to because it's important. Like we can't, we're, you know, where we can't always deal with everything on our own. It's okay to get help. Like, and whether that's professional or just seeking help from a friend, both of them, you know, create such an amazing environment to better understand ourselves and better yet educate each other, the person and yourself on how you can better go on with your life, you know, because it's, it's hard being one person and struggling with one thing on your own and feeling like you can't go to someone so definitely talk to people okay yes yes uh before before ending this up i, I would like to ask you do you think i forgot to talk about something or would you like to add something more that would be that you can just do it no i i, I think you you covered a lot of things um i would like to quickly just say though like i think it's amazing you know that the brown community now is really amazing in terms of just young people are giving more opportunities for themselves and you know, going out of the traditional lines of, you know, doing what their parents possibly would want them to do and all of this sort of stuff and being a lot more creative. I truly believe that young brown people within India and outside of India are naturally gifted at creative things. And I think I wish more brown parents and the brown community would appreciate the arts a little bit more. And so I think I encourage young people maybe who are listening to this to just encourage your parents to just open their eyes a little bit more and understand that art is such a novel thing and it is so important. Um, and it's a form of a communication and it's a form of self-expression. And we don't just need engineers, doctors and lawyers and scientists. We also need artists. We need creative people to function in the world. So make sure that you take the time to talk to your families and your loved ones about the importance of why you want to do what you do and also let people know that the art is nothing to be ashamed of that we artists and creative people work just as hard um sometimes if not harder to create art than people who do to just sit in an office at, for days on end and work with corporate businesses so it's the arts are always misrepresented and disrespected like anybody can just do it for free but we work very hard and so try and put more value in understanding your into bringing more understanding to your families and your friends in in our community i think but that's about it yeah yeah yes so yeah thank you very much for being here it was my pleasure having you a wonderful session so yes thank you for that thank you so much for this opportunity i'm really grateful thank you